Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Every great magic trick consists of three acts. The first act is called The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to this Saturday edition. I am so excited. Today is a jam-packed day. Matter of fact, a jam-packed weekend for The Riley and Kimmy Show. Right next to me is... Kimmy! I got one name! Hi, I am your host, Patrick Riley. I am the villain of the story. I sure am, and the hero of this story is Kimmy. Hello, Kimmy. Hello. And welcome to this episode, a Saturday edition of the Riley and Kimmy Show. And we are on the road today and tomorrow. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Oh, I can't wait. And matter of fact, uh, today we will be in Melbourne, Florida for a couple of things. We will be at the pause on the catwalk at the Melbourne Auditorium. That's happening from 10 until 2 o'clock. It is a dog show, fashion show. And if you'd like to find out more about that, go to the BrevardHumaneSociety.org. Also, we have an interview we did with the executive director of the Brevard Humane Society. That's Teresa Clifton. We have that available right on our website right now. You can check that out and find out more about the Brevard Humane Society. Big thank you, by the way, going out to the Brevard Humane Society for inviting the Riley and Kimmy Show to this fun event that helps animals. And also a big thank you to them for inviting Tug, the Bull Terrier super dog, who is there as well with us. That is from 10 until 2 o'clock. This afternoon, a little bit uh, later on, we will be at a comic book shop. Not just any comic book shop, but we will be at Vieira Comics starting at 3 o'clock for the appearance of a cartoon hero. That's right. A superhero will be there. That is the voice of Space Ghost will be at Vieira Comics. If you untie me, I will. Hi, kids. Space Ghost here. You're listening to Riley and Kimmy on the Riley and Kimmy Show. Uh, can, can you just loosen the hands up a little? For, oh, that is heaven. No, we have him riding in the trunk to Vieira Comics. He will be there. And then they're going to pull out, well, they're actually going to pull out this dolly and wheel him in muzzled. And then they will unmuzzle him at 3 o'clock. Mm. And you can meet George and get stories about game shows. I, he loves talking about game shows, cartoons. And, and plenty of things. You, you can talk to him about the world of voice acting. He does talk about that. Radio 2. Watch, he gets a little cranky from time to time on that one. He does, just a, a little cranky. Mm. Sometimes. Just a little. And, and I'm, I mean that in a playful way. He really doesn't. He, he'll answer anything. He's easy to talk to. And he will sign whatever Space Ghost memorabilia you have. Or maybe you just want your arm signed so you can get it tatted. You know, he'll do that too. Or... If you have uh, maybe a special voice message you want for your phone or something, he'll do that too. So meet him starting at 3 o'clock. He's there till 7. That's at Vieira Comics, the place that can take care of all your comic book needs. Big thank you to Peter Pappas of 
Vieira Comics, the owner, for inviting George Lowe to this big fun event. By the way, the fun goes on all day you know, before George gets there with some cosplay activities that are happening at Vieira Comics. You can find out more on their Facebook page. That's Vieira Comics in Melbourne, Florida. We look forward to seeing you there. Big thank you again to Peter for inviting George and for inviting the Riley and Kimmy show. And then the next day, we're going to be hitting the streets again. That's right. We'll be taking it to the streets on Sunday. Yes, the Riley and Kimmy show will be at the Melbourne Toy and Comic-Con. Right, Kimmy? Yes, they will. They will? We will. We will be there. Yes, we will. <laughs> That's at the Melbourne Toy and Comic-Con. And also, uh, Space Ghost will be there as well. You get all tingly down below when you listen to the Riley and Kimmy show. Yes, join us at the Melbourne Toy and Comic Con starting at 10 o'clock, and the fun goes till 5. That's right. Cosplay contests, uh, let's see, gaming activities, tons of collectibles, comic books, and just plain fun for all ages. Parking is free. This is a huge location, by the way. You're not crammed up in anywhere. you you got plenty of plenty of room to walk around, right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. George Lowe will be there, and so will a superhero. That's right, Tug, the superhero dog, will be there. Matter of fact, he will be right next to, or we will be right next to Tug. Our, our tables will be right next to each other. And Tug's parents will be there. That is Kim Joy and Blake Ovard. Stop on by, meet them. That is tomorrow. And I, I, I hope he sings again, Kimmy. That's Tug's dad. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. Uh, uh, yeah, so stop on by the table and see if uh, Tug's dad will sing. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Toys, movies, comics, and don't forget Tug. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Yes, Tug's dad is an artist. He is the artist of the Tug comic books. Tug's mom, Kim Joy, is the writer. And Tug's dad will be sketching. And matter of fact, is bringing some original Tug art that was used in the comic books, Kimmy. Uh, he'll have that available. That is at their table at the Melbourne Toy and Comic Con. By the way, Tug, he is nationally known. He was on the Rachel Ray Show not that long ago, correct, Kimmy? That's right. And uh, Rachel kind of liked Tug. Yeah. Yeah, they get along quite well. Tug, Tug is a sweetie. He woofs everybody. Get a kiss from Tug. Get a get a shake or a hello from him too. Mm-hmm. You know. And they will be at this event talking about Tug and how Tug actually works in the world of anti-bullying, also dementia awareness and animal rescues. If you know somebody who loves animals, but they may not even care about cosplay, collectibles, comic books, art, none of that stuff, but they love animals and dogs, this alone will make it worth going to the Melbourne Toy and Comic Con. Tug truly is a superhero. His story, it, it, it's touching at first. It, it's a sad story, but it turns immediately, really quick, into a story of hope and inspiration. He beat the odds. That's right. He mm-hmm. did. He proves don't give up. All life is precious. And you can find out more about Tug. We have an interview with Tug's dad, and Tug's in it too. You can see that video interview right on our website in the video uh, section of uh, videos. And our web address is what, Kimmy? RileyandKimmy.com. And be sure to follow Tug on Facebook. He's there and quite active. Also, other social media like Instagram and Twitter as well. Be a friend to Tug. 
Tug helps out so many, so many different types of people across the United States and the planet. He's an inspiration. Also helps animals as well. Truly, I am honored to be part of the Melbourne Toy and Comic Con with Tug. It is so cool that he is there. Mm-hmm. And a big thank you going out to the show promoters for inviting Tug to the big event. And that is Tom Raup and Mike Preece for inviting Tug. Big thank you to them for that and also for inviting the Riley and Kimmy show to this event. We wouldn't miss it, would we, Kimmy? No, no way. And you can find out more about the Melbourne Toy and Comic Con by going to their website. That's MelbourneToyAndComicCon.com. It is a Saturday, Kimmy. I know you got a lot on your mind, but are you able to focus and play nerd and pop culture trivia? I will try. Last time we played trivia, Kimmy won herself three of those green milkshakes. That's right, that were for uh, a certain holiday that just passed. How can we top that? Well, it's quite easy. If Kimmy gets more of these right than wrong, we will buy her the dinner of her choice for today, Kimmy. The dinner of your choice over in the Space Coast will give you your opportunity to win that. But you got to get more of them right than wrong. We have jumbled up the timeline. It's all messed up because Kimmy is smart. And we want to make this at least a little bit of a challenge. She's incredibly smart. Now, if Kimmy needs your help, please feel free to shout out those answers. Yell them out. We believe in time-traveling answers. You and our future can reach us just by yelling at your smartphone, your laptop, your desktop, your tablet. Yes, give it a big big yell, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that answer might come to Kimmy and rescue her. Otherwise, she gets a complimentary can of Spam just for participating in today's Pop culture, nerd trivia. It is a Saturday, March 18th. Kimmy, here we go. The very first question we have for you. It was on this date in history. The United States Postal Service experienced the first postal strike. That's right. They went on strike. What year did this happen? Was it 1950, 1960, 1970, or 1980? 1970. Okay. Did Cliff Clavin shout out an answer to you? Is that what happened? How on earth did you know that that was 1970? Uh, it was just a guess. So it truly was a guess. Uh-huh. You didn't have assistance from the future. Well, this number popped in my head. Maybe, nice. ooh, maybe it was. Maybe. It could be. It could It's possible. It was on this date in history, Kimmy. Schick Incorporated displayed the first electric shaver. Was this done in 1931, 1941, 1951, or 1961? No. The first electric. The first electric shaver. Yes. Do you need me to repeat the numbers again? 61. It was 1931 that Mm. that happened. Missed it by that much. Who knows? Maybe you'll find one of those collectibles at uh, the table of the Melbourne Toy and Comic Con. Maybe somebody has a 1930s electric razor. Hmm. You know, there are people that actually collect that stuff. Really? I'm not kidding. That's Oh, yeah. Appliances, certain things. They There's individuals that collect just toasters. I know. I I, I know. I, I It's shocking. Big guy behind me is saying, unbelievable. Yeah, Did you notice that? Is, you hear him? He's yeah. like, hmm. Yeah. It was on this date, 1945, Maurice Rocket Richard became the first National Hockey League player to score 50 goals. That's 1945. 1952, in Philadelphia, the first plastic lenses were fitted for a cataract patient. That was in 1952. Wow. It was on this date, 1954, RKO Pictures was sold. 
They were sold for $23 million and just, well, almost $24 million. Became the first motion picture studio to be owned by an individual. The person who owned RKO, Howard Hughes. 1959, President Eisenhower makes this a state, Kimmy. Who becomes a state? 1959, he signs the statehood bill for where? Hawaii. Okay. How'd you know that? Because it's pretty late date, and okay. that's our last well, I thought state. Maybe, I thought maybe you'd guessed Alaska. Okay. <laughs> I think that was the 40s. 1962, Gary U.S. Bonds. I have a feeling you probably don't even know who that is, do you, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. You do know who Gary U.S. Bonds is. Mm-hmm. Okay. He performed on the Ed Sullivan Show. Gary, U.S. Bonds, 1962, The Ed Sullivan Show. It was on this day, 1965. Oh, they got in trouble. Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, Bill Wyman. They were arrested for insulting behavior in London. Do you know what insulting behavior is, Kimmy? Mm. Do you know? <laughs> what, the, what What would the fine British consider insulting behavior? I don't know. Insulting behavior is the following. The act was urinating on a wall in London. Oh. They didn't like that. Okay, it was on this day, 1966. Scott Paper began selling paper dresses for how much, Kimmy? That you could wear the paper dress. How much? Scott Paper. You know, the guys that do the flushable kind of paper? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, them. They began selling paper dresses. This was going to be the rage. Disposable clothing. What year? 1966. How much was a paper dress? 25 one dollar. One dollar. Yes, I'm sure hippies love that one. I, I don't even think, I, I, I wonder how many people actually bought those. And I wonder if you can find those. Not that I want Probably one. Probably not. You don't, ooh, you're putting a challenge out there to maybe like Mike Kales. Mm. The, the, one of the best hounds of finding any collectibles. No, Mike, we do not want, we don't want a paper dress. Now, if you want to model the paper dress, Mike, that's fine. Please do <laughs> at an upcoming convention. Just don't do that at the Melbourne Toy and Comic Con, please. Save that for a little bit later down the road, right, Kimmy? Uh-huh. 1970, the NFL selected Wilson to be the official football and scoreboard as official time. It was 1982. Teddy Pendergrass was severely injured in a car accident. This happened in Philadelphia and resulted in him being paralyzed from the waist down. It was on his date, 1992. This musician, this... This singer received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. See if you can identify who it is with this brief clue. Who is that? Donna Summer. That's right, 1992 Hollywood Walk of Fame. On this date, 1986, Buckingham Palace announced the engagement of Prince Andrew to whom? I'll give you her first name, Sarah. Ferguson. Ferguson. Yes, that was in 1986. It was on this date, 1986. The United States Treasury Department announced that a clear polyester thread was to be woven into bills. This was in an effort to thwart counterfeiters. It was on this date, 1990. 13 paintings were stolen from the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in Boston. The value, this is $1990, was $100 million. 
making it the largest art robbery in history. 1990, the 32-day lockout of baseball players ended. 1990, the another event in 1990, tragedy struck in Tampa, Florida. A Little League player was killed after being hit with a pitch. It was 1992, Leona Hemsley was sentenced to four years in prison for tax evasion. 1993, this group, Kimmy, announced that Daryl Jones was going to be the replacement for Bill Wyman. Wyman had announced that he would no longer be touring with the band. What is the name of the band? Rolling Stones. That's right, 1993. It was 1994. Four guns and 25 boxes of ammo were confiscated from this person after his wife, Courtney Love, called police fearing he was going to commit suicide. Who is the person? Kurt Cobain. That's correct. He did commit suicide three weeks later. That was in 1994. It's 1994. Zsa Zsa Gabor filed for bankruptcy. In 2002, this individual had a single released in Britain. It had extensive airplay in the United Kingdom, Japan, and other parts of the world, but did not see airplay in the United States. So you can identify who this is by their iconic sound. Name of the song is Freak. Here is your clue, Kimmy. go to a mainstream sound shortly shortly after that doing some uh, like uh, American songbook stuff and some smooth jazz sound but that is his roots right there we just heard who recorded Freak Kimmy in 2002 and released it that sounded like George Michael that is George Michael and I urge anyone who has young ears around do not listen to that don't download it or upload it or play it even a video version of it around anybody who's too young Mm. It uh, definitely it definitely crosses a line. That's why it didn't hit American Airplay. Oh, it's kind of groovy tune though. Well, it's it's a it, if you like George Michael, it's a fantastic production. It's yeah, it, it could have been a U.S. hit if it had been released maybe a little bit later. Hmm. Uh, it it probably would have been, but because of standards and things at that time period, it's it's from the time period it would be considered out there by United States standards. So be careful if you listen to that one. Uh, if you say, I really got to hear Freak. That's uh, George Michael. Moving over to notable birthdays today. Kimmy, tell me who this individual is. A singer, actress. See if you can identify who she is. Here's your audio clue. She's having a birthday. Who is that, Kimmy, having a birthday? Vanessa Williams. That's right. How old is Vanessa Williams today? Uh, 55. Ooh, very close. She is 54. Next question for you, Kimmy. She was, uh, well, she was the winner of a, a big beauty pageant. Tell me which one it was. Which one did she win in 1984? Miss America. That's correct. What magazine published, well, some risque photos of her? Playboy? That, no, that caused her to... Penthouse? Yeah, Penthouse caused her to step down as Miss America. Mm. That was July 22, 1984, that she resigned. 
Did you see those photos? Mm-mm. I never have either. Sure. No. I I never did. Actually, they were available in the studio at the station I was working at at the time. Mm. It's part of show prep because people were talking about it. Uh-huh. Plus, and I'm not kidding here. I'm being very serious on this one. Some listeners actually brought it out to a radio station event I was at. So I never purchased that material. Okay. And I never I never looked at it, but it was there. Okay. I'm just letting you know that, okay? Mm-hmm. Never, never, never looked at it. It was on this date in history. Grover Cleveland was born. Can you tell me what he is known for in the United States? He was a president. That's correct. He was the 22nd and the 24th president of the United States. He's the only president to serve two non-consecutive terms. He did that from 1885 to 1889, and then 1893 to 1897. He died in 1908 at the age of 71. Next person born on this date in history, Kimmy, known for this TV show from the second season on. Tell me the name of the TV show. Mission Impossible. That is correct, Kimmy. And here's your audio clue of the birthday person. The only thing we did was I directed a gun smoke. Um, That's all we're going to give you. Who is that? Peter Graves. That's right. Born on this date, 1926. Died 2010 at the age of 83 and... Till this day, that's one of the biggest regrets I have, is at a convention in Orlando, Kimmy would not let me get an autograph or photo with Peter Graves. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. I do remember that. Kimmy, Kimmy, Kimmy. Next person having a birthday is a recording artist. See if you can tell me the name. He had a big hit, Kimmy, back in the 1970s. Tell me who this is. You've got to kiss an angel good morning And let her know you think about her when you're gone Kiss an angel good morning And love her like the devil when you get back home Yes, that peaked at number seven on the adult contemporary charts and was a number one hit on country charts and he had hits cross, you know, all over. Can you tell me? Who that is? No. That's Charlie Pride having a birthday today. Kiss an Angel Good Morning is a song, and he is 83 years old. Next person born on this date is Wilson Pickett. Born on this date, 1941, died in 2006 at the age of 64. Singer, best known for In the Midnight Hour. Also, he he performed Land of 1000 Dances, Mustang Sally, and Funky Broadway. All hits for him. Staying in the world of music, identify who this person is, Gimme. Tell me who this is and how old she is. Here's your audio clue. We have two if you need them. All right, Kimmy, who is that? Irene Cara. That is exactly right. How old is she? Uh, 50. She is 58 today. Now, was that her biggest hit? Fame. Mm-hmm. You're saying that was her biggest hit. That was her number one biggie. Mm, it's hard to say between that and Flashdance. I'd say they're both number one. No. 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 Fame was number four on the Hot 100 in 1980. The number one song you just mentioned.
right, the uh, Flashdance was the, the bigger one. From 1982, that was number one. Next person having a birthday, Queen Latifah. Do you know who she is, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. How old is she within five years? Uh, 45. She's 47, so you got that. Moving over to another section of trivia. I see dead people. Notable deaths on this date in history. 2010 saw this actor pass away at the age of 85. He was an American film and television actor, best known for his portrayals of a couple of different things that were kind of closely related. The one you would know was a show that was on from 1964 to 1970. Tell me the name of the show he is known for. Here's your audio clue. Yes, a big man with an eye like an eagle and as tall as a mountain was he. Yes, a big man. He was brave, he was fearless, and as tough as a mighty oak tree. The ribbonest, roaringest, fightingest man the frontier ever knew. Yes, a big man. What a doer, what a dream come a truer was he. 1964 to 1970, and then in syndication forever. You can still see it. I think uh, MeTV runs it uh, every day or, or maybe close to every day. Can you tell me the name of that TV show, Kimmy? No. Oh, boy. I know somebody's shouting out this one to you. Daniel Boone was a man. Yes, a big man. With an eye like an eagle and as tall as a mountain was he. Daniel Boone was a man. Yes, a big man. He was brave, he was fearless, and as tough as a mighty oak tree. From the coonskin cap on the top of old Dan to the heel of his rawhide shoe. The ribbonest, roaringest, fightingest man the frontier ever knew. Daniel Boone was a man. Yes, a big man. What a boom, what a doer, what a dream come a truer was he. Oh, I just love that song. Kimmy's looking at me in torture. That is Daniel Boone. Now, he also played Davy Crockett for Walt Disney in 1955 to 1956. And then Daniel Boone, as we said, from 1964 to 1970. He was truly a big guy. Can you tell me the name of the actor? Nope. Thess Parker, who died 2010 at the age of 85. I take it you never watched Daniel Boone. Never watched Now, it. I watched Daniel Boone from a different aspect because, you know, I love history, especially United States American history. And... They, they really stretch things on that show. They, mm. I mean, there's there, it's and one of the things is how clean everybody looks. Hmm. It's like wow, yeah. And anyhow, it's still a fun show at times. Does have a lot of questionable bending of history, but I guess they might be in a different time, you know, different universe, right? Different mm-hmm. multiverse. That's how we explain that. Kimmy, I think you did a great job. You got dinner coming your way from somewhere on the Space Coast. You'll be thinking about where you want your uh, your yummies from just because you participated in trivia for today on this Saturday. By the way, once again, George Lowe, a couple of locations. He'll be at the Viera Comics location from 3 until 7 o'clock. That is today. And then tomorrow at the Melbourne Toy and Comic Con. I think we'll honor something from trivia here especially because Kimmy had a kind of a puzzled look when we talked about something. We'll do that with the golden age of radio. Radio was new. Radio. Someone still you. And that is the Riley and Kimmy show. And I think we'll focus on, well, President 
Cleveland, Kimmy Grover, Cleveland. We have a fantastic radio production called Mr. President starring actor Edward Arnold. This is really good ear candy. I mean, it's just great. And we're doing that because Grover Cleveland was born on this date in history in 1837 and the radio programs 110 years later. That's right. It's from 1947. By the way, be sure to check out our Facebook page and our website, RileyandKimmy.com. We have a George Lowe video interview, a recent interview where George talks about his appearance today at Vieira Comics and his appearance tomorrow at the Melbourne Toy and Comic Con. You can get that at RileyandKimmy.com. Right now, going back in time to 1947, here's actor Edward Arnold as Grover Cleveland on the Riley and Kimmy Show. Starring Edward Arnold. The American Broadcasting Company and its affiliated stations present Mr. President. Mr. President at home in the White House, the elected leader of our country, our fellow citizen and neighbor. These are little-known stories of the men who've lived in the White House. Dramatic, exciting events in their lives that you and I so rarely hear. True human stories of Mr. President. Let's visit Mr. President in the White House. It's evening, and only one window shows a light, a study on the ground floor. We find ourselves at the front door. Come right in, please. The president's expecting you through this door, please. I'll go right in. Some visitors for you, Mr. President. Hello? Sit down, won't you? You know, it's strange how many people think the president is somehow superhuman, but believe me, it's not so. I have the same daily job of living that you do. The only thing is, most people rarely hear about that side of life in the White House. The true story I'm going to tell you now, for instance, well, it's hardly known at all. Now, which of our 32 presidents was I when it took place? I'll tell you later on. But meanwhile, see if you can't guess. One morning, I walked into my study, and as usual, she was already there. My secretary, I mean, Miss Sarah. Good morning, Miss Sarah. Good morning, Mr. President. Oh, why so glum? I enjoyed romantic poetry when I was a high school girl, Mr. President, but I'm afraid I don't anymore. That's the trouble with a lot of people, Miss Seri. Uh, they don't take time to enjoy life. Don't let it happen to you. Ever since I walked in here this morning, the vice president has been telephoning in a fury asking to see you. I've hardly had time to enjoy life. <laughs> Mr. Edwards has no sense of humor. Nor any time to enjoy the poetry I had to read to him. Did you happen to read him a poem beginning with, If I Were King? Why, that's exactly the poem I read him. Now, why should Mr. Edwards be interested in that? Well, there are more ways than one to skin a cat, Miss Sarah. And more than one way of getting your vice president to come to see you. Haven't you read this morning's newspapers? Mr. Edwards hasn't given me time. I knew that poem would get him. That is probably Mr. Edwards again. Let me talk to him. Miss Holmes speaking. This is Mr. Edwards. Is the president in? Yes, Mr. Edwards. Here he is. Good morning, Mr. Edwards. Mr. President, may I ask the meaning of your statement to the newspapers? Certainly. Yesterday you made a speech in Philadelphia. 
You explained what you would do if you were president. And you referred the newspapers to some poem or other, if I were king. It's simple enough. There was one trouble with that poet. He wasn't a king. There's one trouble with your speech. You're not a president. I am. I made a serious speech on the economic crisis. It hardly called for so so flippant a comment from you, sir. I've got a... In, in public, sir. Mr. Edwards, we're in the worst depression the country has ever known. Banks are failing every day. Factories are closing. Millions of men and women are out of work. And you're recommending to the people a policy that can't help but lead to inflation and complete disaster. The silver clause of the Sherman Act permits you to issue the maximum amount of currency backed by silver. That's what I would do if I were... Mr. Edwards... We will never stop foreign countries from draining our gold reserves until we can reestablish their confidence in the American dollar. Not destroy it further by basing it on silver. And, Mr. Edwards, I wouldn't say if I were again. You're not the president. I am, and I expect to be for some time. It's obvious, sir. We can't settle anything this way. I've been hoping you'd say that, sir. Yes, sir, you can see me today at 2 o'clock. Thank you, sir. Goodbye. Now, let's get on with the day, Mr. Sir. Yes, Mr. President. Your physician is here with a Mr. Mart. Oh, have them in, will you, please? Uh, this Mr. Mart, is he a friend of Dr. Raymond? Yes, you might say so, Miss Sarah. Dr. Raymond, come in, please. Thank you, Miss Sarah. I'll be in my office, Mr. President. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, sir. Mr. President, may I present Dr. Mart? I am honored, sir. I hope you don't mind our making you masquerade as Mr. I can't let anybody know you're a doctor. I quite understand, sir. Uh, Mr. President, we won't mince any words. Please don't. Uh, it's cancer, Mr. President. Are you absolutely sure? Uh, Dr. Martin... Uh, Mr. President, in the roof of your mouth, you have a cancerous area about the size of a quarter. But it's so small. Yes, yes, I know. But if it goes untouched, it will spread to your throat, your stomach. What treatment do you recommend? An operation, Mr. President. An operation? Is there any alternative? Yes, Mr. President. Death. Would it be a serious operation? It's cancer, sir. And where would you perform it? And when? At once, sir. In Dr. Mutt's private hospital in New York. At once? You mean a week or so? A day or so, Mr. President. Dr. Mutt, uh, what provisions for secrecy can you make? The usual in a private hospital, sir? That's not enough, I'm afraid. I don't understand, It's sir. not possible for me simply to have a cancer operation and allow it to become publicly known. But surely, sir, your staff can keep newspaper men away? In the middle of the worst depression we've ever had? And millions of people holding me personally responsible? Mr. President, your life is at stake. How long will it take? Oh, you'd be absent only a few days, sir. All right, then. Good day, gentlemen. <laughs> President, I can send it over to the Treasury right away. Uh-huh. The month's order for silver coinage, three million ounces. This is the minimum the law allows. How do you know I wasn't going to change my mind, Miss Searing? That's my job, Mr. President. <laughs> you often know what I'm going to do before I do it myself, don't you? Mr. Colby. Miss Sarah, the door was open. Mr. President... Mr. Colby, the press room is down the corridor. It's important. I know I shouldn't break in, but... It's very important. Come outside and tell it to me, Mr. Colby. Uh, just a moment, Miss Sarah. Go ahead, Colby. I'm afraid it's private, sir. Please, Mr. President. All right, Miss Sarah. Well, it's highly irregular. A newspaper man seeking an exclusive interview without an Please, please, Miss Sarah. Yes, of course, Mr. President. 
No doubt, Mr. Colby, you lurked about till I was not at my desk. I'm afraid I did, Miss Sarah. Yes, I thought so. Now, Colby. Mr. President, I've never been a Washington correspondent before. Well, we're happy to have you, Colby. Even though your paper isn't friendly toward me. Well, naturally, I'm on, well, probation. Mr. Nickerson, he owns the paper. Mr. Nickerson's got his eye on me. Naturally. Naturally. If I turned in an inaccurate story, he'd be angry. Naturally. Naturally. Or a story that's so hot, uh, a newspaper term, Mr. President, so hot and, and still so fantastic that, uh, well, naturally... Naturally, you... Colby, what are you trying to say? Mr. President, I have information which leads me to believe you have cancer. That's quite correct, Colby. What? How did you find out? Well, uh, an intern I, I know at a hospital in New York... I... Oh, this is terrible, Mr. President. It's a malignant growth on the roof of my mouth. About the size of a quarter, that's all. But cancer. Exactly. And I'm arranging for an operation to have it removed within a day or two. If I can arrange a political truce with my opposition. And, and you'll be all right? Colby, what are you going to do with your story? Well, that, that's what I came to ask you, Mr. President. It's tough, isn't it? Yes, sir. I mean, being a newspaper man, having a big exclusive story and not... It is a big story, isn't it? Oh, the biggest. The President of the United States... Why, will... besides that? Well, just now, in these times. Well, what do you think of these times, Colby? It's the worst and longest depression we've ever had, isn't it? That's right. Colby, all because of the fight between those who want money backed by silver and those who want money backed by gold. Now, which side are you on? Personally, I mean. The sound money, sir. As far as I understand it, just the way you are. I, I mean... I know, I know. Now, if the country suddenly learned I had cancer, just when this fight is at its peak, what do you think would happen? I'd it scare people to death, Mr. President. Everybody, that is, except your opposition. Colby, do you understand what I'm getting at? You don't want me to turn in the story. It's a hard choice, isn't it? Mr. Nickerson would break me if he ever found out. I think it's a choice you have to make. The only people who know anything about this are the doctors, myself, and you. You see, I'm trusting you fully. I, I appreciate that, sir. I'm glad, Colby. Yes? Oh, come in, Miss Sarah. Mr. President. Yes? I... Good day, sir. Good day, Miss Sarah. Good day, Mr. Colby. Miss Sarah, I wish I had your faculty of knowing in advance what people are going to do. Colby, what about... Oh, nothing, really. Well... Now it all depends on my visit with the vice president. Mr. President, won't you listen to reason? I'll listen to you, Mr. Edwards. I've been anxious, too. We all agree on the facts. We have a terrible depression. But you and the, the misguided people who follow you believe only in gold. Mark my words, Mr. President, you cannot handcuff mankind with chains of gold. Mr. Edwards, you promised me reason, not oratory. Reason says mint more silver, minted by the millions. Mr. Edwards, I invited you here to make a proposal. Uh, yes? A truce between us from now until Congress reconvenes next fall. So, Mr. President, you admit defeat. I defeat? It's the losers who propose truces. You refuse to cooperate. We speak for millions of Americans who have every right to oppose you, and they do. Sincerely. Honestly. What right have we to muzzle ourselves? Mr. Edwards, maybe if calm and confidence can be reestablished, we can save the railroads from bankruptcy. But if they go... That's a risk we must run. Very well, sir. If you won't wait, 
We'll fight it out long before that. I, I don't understand. I'll call Congress into special session at the earliest possible date. I'll ask for immediate repeal of the Silver Clause of the Sherman Act. What? You don't like that, do you? You should have accepted the truce. At the earliest possible date, Miss Sari, a special session of Congress. Mr. President, is there no way to avoid it? We'll have to make it the 7th of August. But you, you're wearing yourself the out. The sooner it's held, the better. The longer Mr. we go on... Mr. President, you're not listening. Hmm? What? Why, I heard every word you said. You said I that... said I, I'm scared stiff that you're ruining your health. Miss, uh, you're, you're turning into a warrior. I'm as strong as an ox. The people didn't elect an ox. They elected you, and you're human. Only two humans sometimes. You don't want me to take afternoon catnaps, do you? Besides, I haven't got the time. Oh, yes, you have. What? If you didn't make appointments that I know nothing about. Appointments? What? Who? That Mr. Mott is waiting to see you again. Well, why didn't you say so? Show him in. Will you come in, Mr. Mott? No, thank you. Well, you must have worked fast, Dr. Mott. Time is of the essence, Mr. President. I've arranged everything in my private hospital in New York. Now, as to the necessary precautions... Doctor, we... we've got to postpone the operation. Postpone it? Impossible, Mr. President. I told you this morning I was planning a certain political maneuver, and it didn't work. Mr. President, I don't believe you grasp the urgency of this. Ah. It's cancer. I do, Doctor, but I... Mr. Ha... President, I have only one duty in this matter. I am a doctor. I am obligated to my own professional principles. They come first. Now, look here, Doctor. I've got professional duties, too. Well, none as pressing as your health and your life. I think I'm of less importance than the people of this country. Well, then, sir, I'm afraid my journey here has been wasted. But I warn you, sir, it's your life. Thank you, Doctor. Good afternoon, Mr. President. Goodbye, Doctor. Uh, goodbye, Mr. Mott. Goodbye, Mr. Mott. really was the last one, Mr. President, wasn't it? Yes. I'm afraid I made you angry before. I'm sorry. Oh, nonsense. Ralph says he has a nice dinner for you. Uh-huh. You will eat it, won't you? Slowly and calmly. Yes, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, you wanted to say something else? No, Mr. President. Good night. Good night. soup you want, Mr. President? Yes, I can't eat, Ralph. It's it's stuffy in here, isn't it? Open the window, will you? Uh, yes, sir. <sighs> That's better. I needed some fresh air. What's that? Sir? I smelled something cooking. Uh, your lamb chops on the table, sir. No, no, no. Come over here. Smell it. Smell it. <laughs> That's coming from the servants' quarter, sir. Corn, beef, and cabbage. Corn, beef, and cabbage? Why wasn't I given that? Oh, it's only corn, beef, and well, cabbage. Well, it smells wonderful. I'm going down to get some. Why, Mr. President. Mrs. Burton, I want some of that corn, beef, and cabbage you're eating. Oh, Mr. 
Mr. President, landing me in the kitchen. Well, it's too lonely upstairs, Mrs. Burton. Have mercy on me. Uh, Ralph, you take some of this right upstairs for the president. I got a dish already. Not upstairs, Ralph. Right here. May I sit at your table, Mrs. Burton? Oh, landing me. Give the president a chair, Ralph. After you, Mrs. Burton. Please. Oh, landing me. <laughs> That's better. Now, Ralph, don't be stingy. I thought you wasn't hungry, sir. Whatever gave you that idea? I, um, I hope you like the way it's fixed, Mr. President. I could tell I would from upstairs. Uh, here it is, sir. Thank you, Ralph. Mmm. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> you must eat too, Mrs. Burton. Oh, I'm eating, Mr. President. Uh, or trying to. It's funny. Every now and then I just can't eat alone. I guess uh, you're so used to having people around you all day. And it's just as funny. When I want to be alone, I can't. Do you have that trouble, Mrs. Burton? The Lord said we never can be alone. Yes. Not really, Mr. President. You're quite right. But just uh, so far as people are concerned, there's virtually nowhere in this continent I can go and not have the whole country know about it. Well, that's natural, sir. We're all interested in how you get on. But uh, suppose I had to get away secretly. Secretly? Well, just for a few days. There's nowhere I can go on land or sea. People would follow me. Follow you? Oh, why, Mr. President, only the Lord can walk on the water. <laughs> yes, that's right. And I... Mrs. Burton, you've given me a wonderful idea. Ralph. Yes, sir. Call the Carlton Hotel. Get Doctor uh, Mr. Mott over here quickly. And, Ralph, tell Colby, the newspaper man, I want to see him the first thing in the morning. Yes, sir. Since I saw you yesterday morning, Colby, the operation was first canceled, and now it's on again. Oh, I'm glad of that, sir. Now, if I have your cooperation... Somehow I wish I'd never stumbled on this story. But you did, and now I want you to know all about it. The one place I can think of that I would be safe from observation is a boat. A boat? An operation for, for cancer on a boat? We're borrowing a private yacht. I'm going to New York where the yacht is moored. In fact, I'm leaving in the next few minutes. We'll move up the East River into Long Island Sound. The operation will be performed tomorrow morning and then four days of recuperation. Still, people will wonder where you are, sir, won't they? Officially, I'll be on my way to my summer home. Now, how about it, Colby? Can I depend on you? Mr. President, I, I won't write or speak a word about it until you allow me to. And remember, not even to Miss Sarah? No, sir. Good luck, sir. And, and thank you. Thank you, Colby. And ask Miss Sarah to come in, will you? Certainly. Miss Sarah? Yes, young man. Good day. Yes, Mr. President? Uh, Miss Sarah, I'm going to leave you with a great responsibility. Leave me? What, what do you mean, Mr. President? I'm going away for five days. For arrest? Only in a manner of speaking. While I'm gone... If not for arrest, what for, then? I'm not going to tell you, Miss Sarah. Oh? You'll be swamped by newspaper men demanding to know where I am. I want you to say, I don't know. At least until I reach my summer home. I can say I don't know even if I do know. You'd be lying and I'd rather you were able to tell the truth. I... I'm sorry you don't trust me, Mr. President. Miss Sarah, when it's over, I'll tell you all about it. And then you... Oh, uh, hello, Mr. Mott. Are you ready to go, Mr. President? Uh, yes. Remember, Miss Sarah, I don't know. Uh, Mr. 
present your hat and coat. Thank you, Ralph. Excuse me, a messenger just put something on the desk. We haven't too much time, sir. I'm ready now. Mr. President, this is for you. Oh, thank you. Good Lord. What is it? The Reading Railroad has just gone into bankruptcy. that I see the president. It's impossible, Mr. Edwards. Impossible? Do you want me to regard that as an affront? I mean the president isn't here, and so it's impossible for you to see Not him. Not here. Where is he? He's on his way to his summer home. Summer home? The railroads are in bankruptcy and he disappears? If you'll give me a letter, Mr. Edwards, I'll forward it to him. A telegram would be quicker. I'd much prefer to forward a letter for you. There's another way, sir. Huh? Who are you, sir? Hello, Miss Sarah. How do you do? Miss Edwards, you and I haven't met before. I'm Rodney, Central News Syndicate. Hmm. You said there's another way to reach the president? Uh, Give me a statement for publication. The president will see that wherever he is. What do you mean, Sarah? Mr. President, if you're ready. Certainly, Doctor. Uh, we've decided against a complete anesthesia. It might affect your heart. I'm sure local anesthesia will be all right. There may be some pain in the latter stages. It can't be helped, Gunner. Uh, we'll try to avoid it. Uh, gentlemen, while you're operating, I'm going to be thinking of my message to Congress. If I feel anything through that, why, it'll have to be pretty bad. Now, let's get it over with. All right, sir. Anesthetic, Dr. Raymond. Uh, the needle may hurt, Mr. President. Mm, go ahead. Mm. You were right. In just a moment, one whole side of your face and jaw will be numb. You'll feel nothing at all. Well, that's very encouraging, Doctor. Just relax, Mr. President. Your gloves, Doctor? Oh, yes, yes, thank you. Just slip them on over my hands, please. Feeling a tingle, sir? Uh, yes, a bit. It will take only a moment longer. Oh, uh, the anesthetic will make it impossible for you to speak, Mr. President. That's so. What a wonderful treatment this would be for the vice president. <laughs> <laughs> the jaw brace, Dr. Raymond? Yes. Open your mouth, sir. There we are. That's it. Now, uh, tell me if you feel anything, sir. Uh-uh. Good. Anesthesia is complete. All right, Dr. Raymond. First incision. At this time of national crisis, doesn't the president realize that he is the man responsible for the country's welfare? That'll do it, Mr. Rodney. Good day, Miss Sarah. Uh, Mr. Edwards, uh, before you go, maybe Miss Sarah will answer a question. I'll try, Mr. Rodney. Is the president ill? Ill? The president ill? What makes you ask that, Mr. Rodney? I've heard rumors. It's my job to verify if possible. Well, is it a rumor? Or is he ill? What's wrong with him? We've got to know, Miss Sarah. A sick man can't lead the country through these times. Now, will he deliver his message to Congress, or won't he be able to? Gentlemen, the president has the responsibility of leading the country. Whether you agree with him or not, that's his duty. 
To carry it out, he needs a few days' rest. Won't you please let him have it? And he is at his summer home? I beg you not to disturb him. Oh, no, I just want to check on him. Send a man to the president's summer home. He isn't there. I'm sure you've made some mistake. Where is he, Miss Sarah? He'll be there, I tell you. What day, Miss Sarah? And he's still not there. What's happened? He's simply taking his time, that's all, Mr. Rodney. I had a message in the press room that you wanted to see me, Miss Sarah. Yes, Mr. Colby. This telegram came for you. Marked, as you see, confidential. Oh, oh, thank you. It, it's from the president, Miss Sarah, at his summer home. Is it indeed? Listen, had excellent crews and never felt more confident. Miss Sarah, I'm going to let out a yell. What? Yippee! That's with me, Miss Sarah. Mr. Colby, you're in the White House. And he said he's confident. <laughs> Mr. Edwards won't enjoy that when he speaks to Congress. <laughs> And so it is clear that to re-establish the confidence of the people in our dollar, the silver clause of the Sherman Act should be repealed. We must close ranks not behind the banner of inflation, but under the standard of gold and the honest dollar. That, and that alone, can lead us to the prosperous destiny which is the right of the American people. You excited, Miss Sarah? You've won. They've repealed? You'll have the official notification tomorrow. Well, well, I must say, you don't look very happy. Oh, I am about that, but Mr. Colby showed me a copy of his story. About the operation? I didn't know that I was so untrustworthy. You confided in him, but not in me. I told you, Miss Sarah, I didn't want you to have to lie. I lie very well when I have to. But you had so many other things to worry about. Oh, Colby, come in. Uh, where are you going? I've come to say goodbye, Mr. President. Oh, you've been promoted, eh? Well, that's fine, Colby. Mr. Nickerson fired me, sir. He what? His telegram said, I want reporters working for me, not fiction writers. He doesn't believe the story. Not a word of it. But just the same, sir. It's been a great honor to have had your confidence. Miss Sarah. A telegram for this Mr. Nickerson. Yes, Mr. President. Oh, please don't, Mr. President. Uh, dear Mr. Nickerson, if Colby is a fiction writer, I am too. His story of my journey on a yacht with medical details is 100% fact. If you don't want Colby to return to your payroll, I'm sure my administration can find a place for a, a fiction writer of his abilities. Sincerely, sincerely, etc. and so forth. Is that all right? Oh, Mr. President, I... I have to go right out on the lawn. What for? Mr. Colby wants to let out a yell. A yell? Thank you, Mr. President. Good night. Good night, Colby. <laughs> well, Miss Sherry, you're still pouting. Perhaps you'd rather I let out a yell, too. But if I told you about the operation beforehand, you'd have worried so. I did worry. But not over the... The operation? Uh, oh, I knew all about that. What? The second time your Mr. Mott came, you and he were almost shouting at each other. Miss Sarah, you've been eavesdropping again. Uh, 
quite so, Mr. President. It's my job. <laughs> Good night, Mr. President. Good night, Miss Sherry. <laughs> yes, that's just about how it happened. I actually had that operation aboard a yacht, and the cure was complete and permanent. And repealing the silver clause of the Sherman Act gradually brought the country back to prosperity. Have you guessed yet who I was then? It really did happen, you know. Oh, yes. It's a true story, and it happened in 1893, when Grover Cleveland was Mr. President in his second term. And here's another interesting thing. That newspaper man, his real name was Holland, published a story. But it was 24 years after Dr. Mott wrote his memoirs that people really believed him. Well, will you drop in again next week? I've got another story I know you'll enjoy. Good night. Edward Arnold may soon be seen with Clark Gable, Deborah Carr, Sidney Greenstreet, and Adolph Manjou in Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's production of The Hucksters. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow The Riley and Kimmy Show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com.